Welcome to Beyond the Silo, grain marketing tips for growers. A lot of growers would rather talk about the colour of their header than they would about markets and pricing. However, if you can get even a basic grasp on some of the forces that impact your pricing, perhaps you can make more informed decisions about what, when and how to sell. Ultimately, every inefficiency and every cost is borne by the grower. Ronald Reagan once said that businesses don't pay taxes, people do. So even if the cost is paid by the trade or the supply chain operator or whomever, ultimately, that's reflected back in what the grower is paid. To understand pricing better, I'm joined in the Grain Producers SA studio by independent agricultural consultant, Jonathan Wilson. G'day, Jonathan. Good morning, Drew. How are you? I'm looking forward to diving into pricing. Now, first question, why talk about the different components of price? One of the reasons is to understand what the drivers are. You know, you can't control lots of the elements of pricing, but you can be ready for it. I know that for a lot of growers, it's boring. It's difficult to understand, but that doesn't mean that there's not a value in at least trying. I know most growers would like to turn to thinking about more pleasant things, maybe, you know, shearing or spraying or having their fingernails ripped out. But ultimately, pricing is something that puts the money in their pocket at the end of the day. Before we go much further, Jonathan, can you do a bit of de-jargoning for me? Import parity versus export parity. What's that? Roughly speaking, our prices are bound by two pricing pathways, if you like. On the upside, our prices should not go up above import parity. And in theory, they should not go down below export parity. So import parity is essentially the cost of buying grain somewhere overseas. So maybe you buy a cargo out of the Ukraine or out of Canada or out of another origin. You put it on a ship and uh, you bring it to Australia, you unload it and you bring it to Uh, the domestic market in Australia. That's generally the upside of our pricing. So if you wanted to do that uh, as a conversion, you buy a a ton of grain in the Ukraine. Obviously, you'd buy a cargo, but let's just work on a ton. At $200 US, it costs about $40 to ship that grain to Adelaide. So you've got it sitting alongside Inner Harbour at $240 US. Obviously, you've got to convert that to Australian dollars for us to be in the uh, the money we'll, we'll look to buy our pies and pasties with. Uh, so that's $340 Australian. And let's say it costs $40 to actually bring it through and put it into the end market. It might not be $40. These aren't real numbers. It's just an example. So you would say that the import parity is $380 Australian. That then becomes the upper limit of, of how far our prices should be able to rise because the alternative is the end market could buy the grain overseas and bring it in. So that's your upper boundary. Conversely, on the downside, we've got what we call export parity. It's more complicated than this, but at a very simple rate, if you've got a destination market, let's say it's someone in Indonesia willing to pay $250 a tonne for grain, that's US. It costs $20 to ship it there from Adelaide. So our FOB price, our free on board that's on the ship, price is 230 US. We convert that to Australian dollars because that's, again, what we buy our pies and pasties in. That's 330 Australian. And let's say it costs $40 to put it through the port. So that means that 330 less 40 is $290. 
So that $290 would represent our export parity, which in theory is as low as our prices can go. Sometimes we operate outside the bounds of import and export parity, but it gives you an idea as to what the limits are. So we're bound somewhere between 290 as export parity and 380 as import parity. Now, because we are an exporting state and our predominant grain goes to the export market, you would expect that our pricing will be somewhere close to export parity in a normal year. Whenever we've got a drought year or a poor harvest on the East Coast, our pricing goes much higher because we're actually more dominated by the domestic market than the export market. This export parity and import parity kind of gives you the bounds. Why would a grower want to know this? Well, one, you don't have to know it. You can just go ahead and decide whether a number works for you or not, which is something you should think about. But if you're looking to see what the drivers and what the upside and downside of a price is, understanding where import parity is or where export parity is at least gives you an idea as to whether there's an upside or a downside to the price. Jonathan, I thought pricing really came down to supply and demand. Look, certainly there's a big element of supply and demand. I mean, if we talk about economics 101, the greater the demand, the higher the price. And the higher the supply, the lower the price, and the market ultimately should be at the point where supply and demand intersect or in balance. You know, we look at supply and demand on a global scale, on a national scale, and on a local scale. And you know, we look at how much is being produced compared to how much is being demanded. We saw that earlier on with uh, coronavirus and toilet paper. You know, you see a huge amount of demand for toilet paper and the price kind of reacts a little bit, but the supply increases in line with the demand. So if we look at supply from our point of view, from a grain point of view, the supply really is how much grain is being produced plus how much has already been produced and is you know sitting around the uh, silos and the backyards and the boneyards around the world. And then the demand is the how much grain we expect or is going to be consumed or used. And whatever is left over from the supply and the demand is the carryout stocks that is used to uh, to calculate that grain lying around for next year's demand. So supply and demand is certainly a very important aspect. And ultimately, for a grower to get a higher price for his grain, some of his brethren somewhere around the world has to get it in the neck. Because there's got to be a supply problem somewhere for growers to see higher prices for grain. What about local influences, such as drought and planting rates? What sort of effect do they have on pricing? South Australia is predominantly an export state, so we're definitely going to be heavily influenced by the global condition. Uh, We'll be influenced by what's happening in the export markets. We have a significant growing, pun intended, growing domestic consumption market in South Australia. I mean, we're probably consuming between 1.3 and 1.5 million tonnes per annum at the minute. And so we see that underlying demand for South Australian grain in South Australia, and that's very important to us. If that demand didn't exist, we'd be entirely at the mercy of the export market. What happens there? Conversely, if that demand was for 10 million tonnes, they would take everything that we grow and more, and we'd be entirely looking at the domestic market. So looking at the shape of the demand side of the market is really important. Equally, the shape of the supply side of the market is really important. So if we have local demand in uh, in Adelaide and we don't have any 
production on the east side of Port Augusta. That would obviously have some impacts on price and we'll be able to drag it across from the Air Peninsula. So you can actually see a kind of two-speed market in South Australia emerging. You've got a domestic market, the eastern side of Port Augusta, and you've got an export market on the western side of Port Augusta, if you like. So you've actually got these two very different markets that are starting to emerge more and more. And that's not to say one is better or worse than another. It's just that's the way the, the market is. Jonathan, beyond supply and demand and local factors, what are the other key components of price? If you look at the components of price, there are three parts to it. The first one is the futures. That's the underlying world price of grain. And that's worth around 70% of the value of the grain in any given day. The other two things are worth about 15% each. One is foreign exchange, because the world trades in US dollars, and we buy things in Australian dollars, we've got to convert that. And the other one is basis, which is the difference in price between one location and another. You know, those are kind of complicated things, but we'll explain those a little bit more. Well, indeed, we're going to drill down an episode each at a time. Until then, Jonathan Wilson, grains industry expert, thank you for joining me in the GPSA studio. Thank you. The information presented in this podcast is general in nature only and does not constitute legal, financial or investment advice. Listeners should seek professional advice relevant to their individual circumstances before making any decisions. While every effort has been made to ensure the information in this podcast is correct at the time of publication, we do not warrant, guarantee or accept any liability arising from its accuracy, reliability or completeness.